Welcome back to Shadows in the Limelight. We have a guest on today's show that is a perfect blend of blues and hard rock. When you ask him what he sounds like, he will respond with B.B. King if he was in ACDC. Our guest on today's show is Anthony Gomes. Anthony's on to discuss his latest album, High Voltage Blues. This album is killer. We talk his current tour, how he wanted a Commodore 64, but his dad bought him a guitar instead, how that changed his life forever, how he caught the ear of B.B. King, and he talks to us a little bit about the Music is the Medicine Foundation. You won't find a nicer guy in the business. Let's let the interview with Anthony roll. Anthony, welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, David, doing well, man. Just uh I got in late last night, played a show in uh, St. Louis. It was a lot of fun, good crowd, nice turnout, good energy. St. Louis is home to you now, right? Yeah, so it's, uh, but I don't play in town very often, maybe twice a year. Um, we sort of treat it like we're a national act in our own backyard. So um, it's fun to be on tour and in your bed at night you know it's pretty cool uh, pretty you know, rare play. event i guess to do yeah. that um I, I, we're talking i guess it's still a new record september comes out high voltage blues tell me a little bit about the album um well it's basically a career retrospective but we didn't want to do the shameless money grab of just putting a, a bunch of songs together and remixing them so uh we did three new songs and then we re-recorded uh, some fan favorites and basically this is our first uh, album on a, on a label and Rat Pack Records heard our stuff and said man we want to we want to sign you and you've been marketed into the blues world as a blues rock guy now we just want to shift the focus and market you into the rock world as a blues rock guy so uh, it's been neat man we've been getting uh, a lot of press from um rock publications and even metal publications that didn't have uh, looked at us before and, and we're gaining a whole new fan base of people that are uh, drinking the Kool-Aid. So that's great. Right. I mean, like when it comes down to what does a label do in today's day and age, other than, you know, do, do they help you out with the record? What, what is, what does the new label mean to you? I mean, it's great that they want to sign you, but what, what's the outcome? Is it just, do you think you get a new audience or what's going on there? Yeah, well, you know, I think it all depends. I've been an independent artist for a long time, and it's sort of been my manager and I against the world, right? Because <laughs> you're an indie artist. Now you got like five other people in the fight. So it, it, it's really cool. For me, there's a lot of things a label can bring. Um, one, you know, we have Billy Sheehan on five tracks on the record, Ray Luzier, right. the label awesome. facilitated that. Um, we have a, a great publicity team. Um, you know, again, the label helped with that. So it's sort of uh, taking what they do very well and what we do well and sort of putting it together, you know. And um, I know it's not for everybody, but for us, it's been a really positive experience. Good. I know when I think independent artists, especially blues, uh, Joe Bonabasa was really my my intro in, into blues. And I know he's he's had that relationship with with his manager and guy that manages all of his merch. And obviously, uh, I mean, Joe has to collect guitars. So that's what he spends his other time doing. I'm sure, you know, just building up Nerdville. But um, I want to go 
back a ways in, in kind of your life. I read somewhere, I think I may have heard it, that your dad, or let's see, bought you your first guitar and what you really wanted was a Commodore 64. And uh, that yeah. little change in life kind of, uh, tell, tell me about that. Well, that's probably my dad's most dreaded moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, my dad's old school, right? He's uh, immigrated from Portugal when he was 25. Uh, born in the Depression, grew up in World War II, you know, put himself in school. And he believes in a Renaissance person, you know, well-rounded. You have arts, you have ac academics, you have sports. So I was in sports and I was doing well in school. So my dad thought, hey, you don't need a computer. You're nerdy enough. We'll get you a guitar <laughs> and that will round everything out. And um, I just fell in love with the guitar, man. I fell in love with music. Um and at 14, I thought it was too late to be a professional because I had friends that could play Stairway to Heaven already or right. whatever, you know. So I just played it because I loved it. And then next thing you know, I'm in high school band night. And, and then, you know, we started doing some bar gigs and, and uh, you know, fast forward 20 years plus years later. And here we are. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Dad, for getting me that guitar. It, right. I mean, I'd hate to say you might have to have a real job if you didn't, but uh, you definitely work hard with what you do. But what I'm thinking with this is like did, when you're you're 14, I guess that's kind of a late bloomer when you said some of your other friends. But like, did it come naturally to you or did you just, just have to work your ass off? Um, I'm not a technical player, so I have to work to have some sort of proficiency technique wise. But as far as feeling music or um i you know i always feel like i've been an, a singer so i sort of approach guitar as a singer would and then um you try to put in the fancy stuff around the foundation notes you know um so yeah i i but i, I feel like anybody works hard to to achieve success even if you're naturally gifted you know one of my favorite quotations is from elton john and they said hey man uh have you ever had fun making a record? He goes, yeah, just my really horrible ones. I had a great time making. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, the, yeah, the good ones, you know, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, literally. You know, like, oh, how's this going to be any good? And, and it's that journey, I think, that, that really makes me a great album. And then, obviously, you progressed. How did you catch the ears of B.B. King? I want to hear that story. Um, well... So I'm in college and I'm getting my master's degree. And what in I'm what? doing is just uh, cultural history, American cultural history. And I'm writing my thesis on the racial evolution of blues music. There you uh, go. Because I, I started off in American foreign policy, which I loved. But then I realized I could write stuff about the blues and it was legitimate. So I'm full in, man. I'm 100% I'm in. And in my studying, I realized what an incredible person B.B. King was. Not only B.B. King, the artist and the guitar player, yes, but as an ambassador of the blues, a tremendous guy. Like, you know, what he did to grow the blues and, and grow its audience and um, the respect he had, you know, I think the world. So um, anyway, uh, every Thursday night at the CD bar called Chicago's in Toronto, um, Chicago's Diner, it was a little jam night. And if you played well, they'd give you a free beer. 
Now in college, a free beer is what, like a hundred dollars, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a gold mine. So one night I was playing really well and I got two free beers. I mean, you gotta be pretty hot to get. Oh beers. yeah. You had the chops that night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so some guy comes up to me and he goes, uh, wow, it's, it's great somebody your age is into the blues. Who's your favorite guitar player? And, you know, I could have said Hendrix or Jeff Beck or <clears throat> Albert King or Buddy Guy. But, you know, when I really thought of it, I said, you know what? It's a no-brainer. It's BB. And he said, you know, that's what I thought. I'm his bus driver. And I thought, oh, Lord, you're his bus driver? And I didn't believe him. I didn't believe, you know. And, uh, and he said, I want to introduce you to him tomorrow, and I'll get you four tickets to the show. So I called up my friends, and it was about an hour away where we lived. And I said, hey, you want to go see B.B. King for free today? Maybe, because I don't know if this guy's legit. And uh, they said, sure, we're, we're into it. Front row, man. We had front row tickets. I got to meet B.B. King. Um, he spoke with me for 30 minutes. Um and, and changed my life. We got to open up for him several times and he followed me throughout my career and, and um, was so kind to me and so many others and nurtured us, you know, because uh, he believed in the farm team, you know, um, and, and gave me such great advice. So yeah, just a, a wonderful experience. And, and um, what's a piece of advice that he gave you that's still in the forefront of your mind today? Oh man, lots of great advice. One was, you know, he said, okay, so you're going to be a band leader. And he said, there's going to come a time where you'll be able to get excellent musicians. But if remember, always hire the person first, not the musician. And I said, why? He said, well, if you get somebody who's 100% of a person, but 70% of a musician, you can get them up to about 90%. He said 70% of a person will always be 70%. And, you know, those were very true words because you can't rely on 70% of a person. You know, they're not going to be a team player. They're not going to do what's best for the project. And 100% of a person will. So, uh, yeah, you know, he also said, you know, follow your, uh, follow your, you know, your heart with the blues, do what you got to do. Even though we're more, I said, well, you know, we're a lot more rock. He said, it doesn't matter. He said, I put a symphony on one of my songs, you know? And he said, uh, you got to follow and do what you do. And, um, and, you know, so, and we got to know each other really well. We'd have breakfast in the morning. And so he said, so how's the tour going? I said, BB, it's horrible. I hate it. I'm having a horrible time. And he was really shocked. He said, what's wrong i said well you know we get my friends come and see me play and we get up and we do a pretty good job and then you come on and they get to see where i steal all my licks i said this is really <laughs> embarrassing it's embarrassing and he laughed and he said don't say steal say borrow and uh you know and then told me of all the people he borrowed from and and you know he said the thing is the people i borrowed from nobody really knew who they were so they accredited a lot of the things to me, but, you know, you just realize that music is, is your, you know, he took it down 10 yards and the next generation is going to take it down 10 yards. And, you know, eventually, uh, you know, that's how it goes. And, and um, he really taught me that. 
you know, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I could speak on this whole interview about what an amazing day of BB King was and how insightful I Well, going back and talking about the the good people with that touring band, is there anybody from that original band that still tours with you? Um, no, no, I, I, I wish that was the case, but, um, you know, usually five years is a pretty good amount of time for somebody to be on the road right. and then life happens, kids happen. Um, you got to stay at home. So, uh, we've had people come in and out, but we've had the same lineup now for three years, two great guys in the band. Um, and, and great guy, you know, BB would be proud of this band I have now, you know. Are they the same guys that work in the studio with you? Obviously, you mentioned Billy Sheehan and uh, some other folks that were on your record, but is, is it the same studio guys as it is out on the road or two different two different sets? Um, the answer to that is yes. So the band plays on some tracks. We get studio guys on some tracks. And the idea is um, being a solo artist, different musicians will inspire me in a different way and, and get something different out of me as an artist. So uh, we try to mix it up and um, and, and push the, push the stuff there. But yeah, the guys are great, man, and and uh, they could play on the whole album if they wanted to. We just choose to mix it up. Yeah, and when you're going in, obviously the high voltage blues. You, you mentioned not a shameless money grab. The tracks are awesome. I, I really like turn it up. I felt like the hair on my chest like actually start growing when I turned it up. I got my vintage <laughs> clip system in my office, and I just wanted to feel it, but. Um, great stuff like what, when you're in your headspace for writing and you're going back and looking at these tracks some of them like it, do you think man this really was good stuff or is it weird to go back and listen to your own stuff and, and put a new spin on it um well i'm such a perfectionist you know people are like hey man what's your best album and i'm like they all suck man <laughs> you know i'm not worried i'm like i'm so no but it was cool to go back and um recently i found that I found my own lane and it's, I love BB King and John Lee Hooker and Buddy Guy, but I also love, uh, you know, Wilson Pickett and Otis Redding. And I also love Ronnie James Dio and Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin and Ghost. You know what I mean? Like I love all these different, so sort of putting them all together. And I try to take the vibe of, you know, what a John Lee Hooker would do, but, I try to play it in an aggressive rock way. Um, and, and going back to some of these songs we, that were a little bit older, you know, we turned up the rock meter a little bit, but I feel like we still preserve the blues integrity of it. Um, and, and to me, that's pretty exciting because it's sort of like our thing that we're doing now, you know, other people are doing it too, but, um, you, you know, I think we've had a lot of, taken a lot of courage in the blues world to say, Hey, I'm going to finger tap on this guitar solo. And I know all of you think that I'm a heretic for doing this, but I want to do it because I like Eddie Van Halen and you know, I'm going to do it over a blues change and, you know, you can crucify me later. So yeah, you know, it's one of those, those things. Well, like on the, the new record, I mean, the, the sound that comes out of it's absolutely awesome. Are you writing new material for the next record right now at all? Or. Yes. Yes. I, we're, uh, we're probably about three months away from being done. Um, okay. And, you know, waiting on vinyl, that probably means the record will be out in a year from now. Uh, it's about an eight-month wait for vinyl. But, uh, yeah, the next record is pretty paint-peeling. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I haven't talked too much about it because I don't want to uh, uh, take away from the focus of high voltage blues. But yeah, man, the, the next one's going to be pretty rocking and, and uh, I'm very stoked about it. Any special guests appearing on that one? Can we hear about any? Um, not that we have yet, but we're getting to that place where, you know, I like to sort of finish everything and then say, okay, well, what if, you know, so-and-so was on it? So we've been kicking around some names. Uh, you know, we'll see. There's two schools of thought. Some of our fans love the special guests and other other fans say, no, man, we don't want special guests. We, you know, um, so we're, we're sort of debating that. But I mean, having Billy and Ray was so awesome because they didn't really detract from um, what we would do. They just added this whole amount of insanity. Um, very, very cool. And they've been so supportive, David, man. They've been sharing posts and turning their fans on to stuff. And uh, that's just been so wonderful that, you know, my heroes are doing these things so anytime your heroes do you favors and comment on how something sounds it's it's got to be just insane to have that kind of that happen that's got to be a great feeling and i mean again records great high voltage blues you're putting together the set you guys change it up nightly or do you stick pretty tried and true um we have our security blanket of certain songs that go into other songs but we don't even write out a set list it, it's so bad when people are like, hey, man, can I have your set list? And it's like, uh, I can't even tell you exactly what we did, you know, because every audience is different. You know, some nights it's a listening audience and, you know, a ballad's going to work really well, you know, in this certain spot. And other nights, man, they just want to rock, you know. Um, so it allows us to tailor the show. And the band is so good. I'll have certain cues for songs or whatever, and they'll know, oh, we're changing gears. We're not, normally we would do this song. So um, yeah, we sort of have our first three or four that we do, and then we just take it from there. I, I've heard of some people saying, we know our opener and our closer, and then we're going to just put it together from there. And yes. I don't know, I yes. really admire folks that can do that. I am very, very type A and like my things planned out. And I, I, there's a certain amount of, you know, a fear that would come with that for me. But I mean, if, if you know it like the back of your hand and can and do it and play it by feel and see what the audience is getting, it makes for a great show. Um, kind of looking at your tour lineups, like, yeah, I see you've got a handful of dates before we close out the year and I expect more in, in 2023, but how do you build the, how do you build the routing now with your tour? I mean, are you using data you get from bands in town or you, who's working with promoters? How does this go about? Um, well, you know, like Spotify and, and bands in town is very helpful because, um, you know, we hadn't been in Texas for a while and then it's like, wow. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people in Texas um, and also great spots in Europe, too. You know, our, our number one cities, London, Helsinki and Oslo are our top three streaming um, cities in the world. So, you know, we're hitting Europe probably this summer and we have a few dates that that are uh, not announced. So, um, yeah, it, it's a really cool tool. And um, but, you know, David, anybody that wants us, man, we'll go. We'll go. They want, you know, uh, we're just have we're just so grateful to play, especially after COVID. Uh, you know, forced semi-retirement, and uh, so yeah, 2023. There's no dates posted yet. We're going to finish up the new record in the very beginning of the year, and then 
probably February or so, you start seeing more dates and then um, towards the spring, it, it, it's going to be full on. Well, I'm everybody's looking forward to it. The other thing I wanted to touch on is uh, the Music is the Medicine Foundation. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, music has been so good to me and for me. Um, when I was growing up, my mom was a diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic, and that made life very challenging. Um, and music was there for me in a way that nothing else could be. And when I got my first guitar right around the time she got really sick and it, it was a way that I could take all that grief and, and sorrow and, and channel it. And I, I don't know where I would be or what I would be doing if it wasn't for these. And realizing that we wanted to give that opportunity to people that needed it. So uh, we've given guitars to war veterans with the uh, PTSD. That's awesome. Listening stations to kids at St. Jude's Hospital. Um, you know, we had this one guy, we were giving guitar lessons and he hadn't talked in years because he had, you know, whatever trauma from uh, being overseas. And all of a sudden we're teaching and he goes to the guy next to him, can you show me how you did that? And what, I mean, chills, man. Uh, because music opened up that it was a gateway to communication. Um, a buddy of mine in Montreal said, I don't know if you know this, but there's a hospital that has a choir made up of mentally ill patients with paranoia, schizophrenia, and they tour and they put out CDs. And my mom had actually been treated in this hospital. So we raised money, and by we, I mean our awesome fans raised money to get them a PA system to do gigs so they wouldn't have to rent the PA system. And we went to the hospital and they sang and the news stations were there, like all the big Canadian news stations. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. I mean, it was like- That is awesome. It, oh yeah. So we decided, we went up to the, the doctors and we said, and there's a musical therapist and they're doing cutting edge stuff. And I said, what can we do? We got to do more. Like, I, I, I mean- and he said, what we would really love is a recording studio in the hospital. So we got with our fans and we raised several thousands of dollars and they have a recording studio in the hospital. Um, and now they can record CDs. And I, uh, I contributed a, a guitar solo to a song that they're working on the next album. Um, I'm sure the hospital doesn't appreciate drum tracking day, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it was such a cool thing. Um, and, and what a way to feel like you've made a difference. So <clears throat> a big thank you to our fans for making that happen. And, you know, <clears throat> David, when you do what we do for a living, you get so caught up in how many albums are we selling? Uh, did we sell out the gig? Oh, man, the sound wasn't good at the gig. Oh, man, you, you know, you get so caught up in the day-to-day -day stuff and you forget about the real power of music and what it really means. And, and it means music is a healing force. It's, it's supposed to be shared by everybody, you know, and whatever I've given to music is the medicine. It's given back tenfold. Um, but that's what, uh, that was a big takeaway for me from that whole thing. Wow. You know, sometimes we get caught up as an artist in the most stupid things, you know, the most irrelevant things of 
sales and, and how are we doing versus our competitors or whatever. No, man, music is about something way bigger. No, it, and that that's awesome. That that story it, with this show, I always end it with you know I, the idea was having positivity and, and taking your good time with you. That's something that my grandfather always said, and people said about him was wherever he went, he took his good time with him. And those are the kind of folks that I want on on this show to just promote some level of positivity. And that's awesome. I think that that that's a. I mean, I got chills just hearing the story. And I, I couldn't thank what you, what you do for that anymore. That, that, that's an awesome way to be. The album is High Voltage Blues. When I got turned on to you, they said, wait till you hear this guy play. And when I turned on the first song that I clicked on, which was turned up, I said, you're playing great, but listen to his voice. I mean, you're, you're whatever anybody says about your guitar playing is awesome. You've got, you've had, you know, <laughs> renowned remarks from big places like guitar world but your voice is is awesome the record is excellent go i'll put the tour dates in the show notes anthony i couldn't thank you enough for taking a few minutes out of your sunday to, to be on this show any any shameless plugs you want to put in before we wrap this up um well uh, yes i would like to do a shameless plug our website anthonygomes.com you can go to every portal, every social media site. Um, and David, I'd like to thank you so much for taking your time on a Sunday. And um, it's been great getting to speak with you and, and get to know you better and, and, and your audience. So thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Yep. Thanks, man. Have a good day. You too, brother. All the best, man. Thanks to Anthony for stopping by and giving us all of the updates on the new record, High Voltage Blues. As I've said before, go support new music. If you can't go out and physically buy the record, share a post on social media if there's a track you just absolutely love. Links to everything we talked about are in the show notes. Go check out the new album. If there's a tour date that's close to you, go support live music. This guy will blow your mind. Go listen to the new tracks. And if you can, Go take a look at the Music is the Medicine Foundation. Take your good time with you, my friends. We will be back next time with another great guest.